0: Hello, and welcome to episode 5 of Stop Talking Already with me, Justin. This episode is with my friend John Sizemore, a video game programmer and designer from North Carolina. He's in the middle of a cross-country road trip up to San Francisco. And it's kind of interesting, we're going to talk about his trip a little bit. We've been uh, lifelong friends, but we've barely really seen each other. We've known each other from strictly the internet. So this is kind of interesting to get us together... Kind of for one of the first times. Anyway, without further ado, here's the episode. Enjoy. Hello, everybody. Welcome. It's episode five. Here we are already. It's the fifth episode. And I'm joined this time by the legendary uh, video game guy, programmer, my friend, uh, legendary John, John, Rusty Sizemore. I feel like I'm doing this with a little low energy, but it's fine to start that way. No,
1: you're doing great.
0: Thanks, man. I
1: appreciate it. Wait, episode five, what's the name of the show?
0: It's called Stop Talking Already. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I'm sticking with it. No, no, that's awesome. <laughs>
1: stop talking. <laughs>
0: right, because you know, every it's kind of sarcastic. Like I feel like that kind of captures my uh, sense of humor a little bit. Like I, uh, yeah, I had a, that show on YouTube that I did. Whoa, it didn't check properly. Where I uh, called it the Game Players. and We just played games. Oh, that's right. But then there's like a bunch of other shows called the Game Players. But I don't think there's any other stop talking already.
1: Oh no, there's absolutely no stop talking already.
0: We should, uh, well, it's too late to change the the name, I think. Now i got to kind of stick with it. But I was thinking like... No, Sh-
1: you should stick with it. That's a great name.
0: Yeah, I thought Shut Up Already was uh, might be just as good. But I think Stop Talking Already is better. Pro- especially with the amount of, the quantity of podcasts I'm going to be posting. <laughs> I feel
1: like Shut Up Already might be a little on the nose. Like, Stop Talking Already is like...
0: Yeah, yeah. It would be yeah. like somebody politely asking you to stop talking. Right. Shut and Up Already like... is like I drove somebody crazy and they're like... This it. is
1: the Midwest where right? everyone's <laughs> polite,
0: right? I, have, I don't know about that. I think everybody's like outwardly polite, maybe. I think about this more and more, the judgment zone with people. Yeah, I hey? guess. Yeah,
1: I don't know. The point being, I think the name is perfect. Oh, thanks. you got to stick with it. It's your fifth episode.
0: It's my fifth. I'm already there, number five. I think yeah. I did three last week. I've got two more to edit right now, and then I've got this one. So I've got... Are all
1: these on YouTube, or where do you post these? I should SoundCloud. put them on
0: YouTube. I put them on uh, iTunes. Just right on iTunes.
1: Does that cost anything? Can no, you...
0: it's free. You just got to write an RSS feed. Really? I think I've already explained this a couple times on here. Yeah, it's it was kind of a pain in the butt to get it up. So but... my
1: friends, my two friends that do it, um, they put it on SoundCloud. I think they put theirs on iTunes, too. Um, yeah, I was they're... always curious about that, because I know that for some of these, you have to pay to put stuff up. Yeah, I think
0: SoundCloud you have to pay. Or that's why I didn't use it.
1: Or no, yeah, that was it. They were going to do SoundCloud and they had to pay. So they then they used something called MixCloud for a while and then they just did iTunes and iTunes is like the easiest one.
0: I don't know. Can you actually host things on iTunes though? I, don't I, I know. feel like you need to host I mean, I it somewhere. I was
1: I mean, they've been doing it for two years. So they've kind of figured all that stuff out. But I know that they use iTunes and yeah, I think they said that that's. It's like the most prominent hosting service, but it's also free. Yeah. I just use
0: archive.org, the government website. Oh, okay. Which is, they let you upload like an unlimited amount of stuff and it's pretty quick.
1: Archive.org? Yeah. Wait, is that, you can upload whatever?
0: Pretty much, man. If you go on that website, you can find like movies from the, anything that's public domain, basically. So, anything that nobody's renewed a copyright on is basically up can be uploaded on there. It's like, like lot of old. Org? Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of old video games and stuff on there. And, and the
1: government runs this?
0: Yep, government runs it. Or they it, fund it, at least. This sounds like some NSA shit. Give
1: us your voice sample.
0: <laughs> like, now they're studying all these shapes, like this crazy guy. <laughs> I always think about that, though. You know, there's so many, there's like billions of YouTube videos and billions of podcasts. Like, is there somebody somewhere actually listening through like everything? To like, sen- Is there a sensor?
1: Actually, speaking of NSA shit, I read something pretty interesting the other day, like these conspiracy theories. yeah. And the hashtag there's a theory that the hashtag Throwback Thursday was started by the NSA to basically collect old photographs of you. so oh, that they okay. did, uh, so that their facial recognition algorithms would work better.
0: Interesting. So, just to test their facial... Oh, so they could see you at a younger age, maybe? Or just, like... Create, like, a composite de- of you between years, or...
1: Yeah, like, younger, or just, like, different appearances. Like, if you had a beard that you shaved, or something like that. Yeah. Because, evidently, that started taking off around the time... Um, that one scandal broke with Edward Snowden. Like, it, it started either a little bit before or after that. But Yeah, <laughs> there's, like, a theory that Throwback Thursday... Is it actually used by the NSA to like stockpile photos of citizens. So
0: speaking of that, like, does a does the CIA still exist? I guess there's still these organizations that are kind of like shadowy. I remember like for a while FEMA was kind of secretive, and then they you started hearing about them a lot more with all these natural disasters when nobody else wanted to help with things, like the government wasn't there in like New Orleans and FEMA had already been there for like a couple weeks. <laughs> yeah, it's like. I don't
1: think the CIA is still a thing. I mean...
0: Yeah, why not, right? I mean, they have a lot of bad pre. They had a ton of bad press from all the stuff that came out about, like, their uh, crazy uh, psychological experiments they were doing on people and that, that sort of thing, like, post-war stuff and, like, experimental drugs, so...
1: Yeah, there's a lot of stuff with drugs in the CIA, like, drug running. Like, they're not... It's definitely not a clean organization.
0: Right. Well, they were kind of experimental that way, though, right? Yeah. Or it's kind of nice to know that there's people that are trying things that no one else is trying.
1: Actually, no, they're definitely still in existence because where I went to school, they have an engineering career fair every yeah. fall and every spring. And the NSA and the CIA have a booth there. Oh, okay. yeah. And I think I actually talked to them one year. I was like, oh, this sounds like, cool. this sounds like a fun job. Yeah. It was just, like, a guy in a suit. He was super serious. He was, like, wearing sunglasses indoors, you know? The black sunglasses. Just, like, the shadowy government guy. Like a presidential uh, 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 bodyguard or something? Yeah, like, just the kind of guy that can just, like, break your neck. Yep. This like, pinky. I got so a like, friend like that. He was stationed at Guantanamo
0: for a while. I got to yeah. get him in here. He's, a, he's like, 40-something, but he's the coolest guy. He's just really? the most tight-lipped dude here. He's... No, Nothing will ever get him, like, nothing will, no stress or anything, no pressure, like, will ever, like, make him crack at this point. It's probably just because his real life is nothing in comparison to, like, being at Guantanamo. I can't imagine what it would be like being at Guantanamo. But that'll be an upcoming Dude, that's, that's episode. that's, like, some
1: dark shit. That's, like, like, that's where the terrorists go. It's, he, like, not even a part of the country.
0: He said somebody's, some guy spit in his face or something, and they let, like, a dog loose in his cage. In, like, not the cage, in uh, his cell, yeah.
1: Yeah, like, that's kind of, like, if you, yeah, it's like, if you live there, like, you probably see dark shit every single day. It's
0: kind of like Alcatraz. Yeah. Well, no, it's worse than Alcatraz. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's really
1: the terrorist, you
0: know, that's like. Alcatraz is just a place that where it'd be, I feel like the cool, the thing about Alcatraz is it'd just be really cool to escape from there. I feel like anybody who's in there would be like, how do I get out of here? It's like, create an escape route from the hardest prison.
1: Yeah, that's kind of true, because it's in the middle of the bay, and that bay is full of sharks, and the water's really cold. It's like, yeah, if you escape from Alcatraz, you're the shit, basically. Yeah,
0: exa- totally. Then you're <laughs> the escape artist.
1: Like you, There's- <laughs> it's like you did it. You get your t-shirt, I escaped from Alcatraz. <laughs> from the gift shop. That's probably why they shut it down. They were like, people are just going to come here and everyone's going to try to escape. It's going to become, like, our thing.
0: See, and now just because it's shut down, but it had such a history, everybody probably thinks it's haunted. And then they try oh, to... But it's pull- definitely haunted. Yeah. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but there's so many tourist traps that just play up the fact that they're haunted, and I, uh, like, it's a appealing thing to people, like a haunted place.
1: Yeah, I feel like any place where terrible, th- that degree of terrible things happen, it's got to be haunted.
0: Yeah, so you believe in those ghosts? I'm always asking people about ghosts on here. Like, Colin's like, I don't believe in ghosts. And, uh, I just believe there's a lot of weird energies out there that I don't want to try to understand. I feel like, yeah,
1: if there's a place where a lot of really bad shit happens,
0: that... But what would haunting be? What do you, if it's like, uh, spirits of people that had died there? You think there's just people that are caught in between, like, worlds?
1: Yeah, just, like, vengeful <laughs> vengeful spirits, like, who just got wronged and just got, like...
0: But what kind of revenge are they trying to get, right? They're just picking on innocent people that come by? Or
1: maybe not revenge, they just, they can't rest.
0: Yeah, restless spirits. Right. So there's a way to, to put
1: them at rest? I mean, I definitely, like, if there's, like, a bedroom in an apartment and, like, three people got brutally murdered in there, like, yeah. some shit is going down in that apartment. Like, I would not...
0: Maybe the weird energy in the apartment in the first place caused somebody to go crazy and kill somebody. Maybe it was already haunted. Maybe it's not haunted because somebody did something bad there. But now it's
1: even more haunted because people keep dying there. Yeah, I mean, like, if people get killed in a house, I think the property value goes down. Sure. It's like... (laughs) Yeah, because people are like, oh, shit. It's like, we're going to have a ghost in there.
0: Like, if you want to afford to live in San Francisco or something, you just buy, like, the murder house. Yeah. Like, the murder apartment.
1: Yeah, 15 people got shot in the basement. <laughs> the steel.
0: Uh, it's, it's a nice house, but all the ghosts and inside. Yeah. I guess somebody who doesn't believe in ghosts could move in there, but how long you you have to live there to start believing in ghosts? You get weird dreams and stuff, but what are dreams? This is weird to talk about. I don't know,
1: man. I think that there's, like, yeah, there's definitely... Maybe not ghosts, but definitely energy, for sure. Like... I mean, like, you can feel that if you walk into a room or go somewhere where a bunch of bad shit has happened. You're just like, ooh. Is it
0: an expectation, though? Like, if you didn't know that bad things had happened there and you walked in, would it still feel, like, the same way? I don't know, man. I feel like you can still pick
1: it up. Yeah. But it's like, I don't know, it might be, like, a mind game that you play with yourself. Or maybe it's, it's like, like,
0: a creepy-looking place. Right. Oh, you know how easy it is to freak yourself out. Right. Like, you get, like, a Ouija board or something.
1: Yeah. I think there's definitely something to that, like... Yeah, like dark energy or whatever. Or you just look
0: for coincidences and stuff. Like I got I've been doing some tarot card stuff lately. And Yeah, I sold the book over here. It's pretty silly, but like you draw if you draw the same card like more than once in like a couple days, you're like, Oh shit, that card's really meaningful. And there's no way to like make yourself feel like you're not drawing it because there's some something it's trying to tell you. Like even I don't if even if I totally don't believe in any of that shit, I'm like, Oh man, there's the sweat lodge of the pipes card again, like for the third time in as long. And I feel like I shuffle pretty well, but maybe
1: not. Dude, I think like so where I live, like yeah, people are really into that sort of thing. Right. Like anytime Mercury is in retrograde. Wait, where do you live?
0: You live in you gotta your North Carolina just Carboro, right? That's outside of
1: Oh yeah, we should yeah, I guess we should do this whole spiel. Yeah, so I'm from Carborough, North Carolina, which is a tiny little hippie town, uh So let me back up. So North Carolina, (laughs) North Carolina is kind of weird. We got some weird stuff going on down there right now. Um, We got the whole transgender thing. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll get there. We'll get into that. Um, So yeah, I'm originally from the capital, which is Raleigh, which is right in the middle of the state. Um, It's like it's like right in the middle. It's kind of up north. It's like an hour from Virginia. And like Raleigh, it's used to be really small, like a really small city, but it's really blown up in the past 15 years. And so yeah, there's Raleigh, it's part of the triangle. So there's Raleigh, Durham, and Chapel Hill. There's the two, three corners of the triangle. Mm -hmm. Um, And Chapel Hill is where UNC is. It's, you know, your typical college town. And then Carborough is just to the west of that. So Raleigh is the furthest east, and then Durham is slightly west and in the middle of all this. Chapel Hill is west of Durham, and then Carborough is west of Chapel Hill. And, yeah, it's like a really small, like, super progressive, hippie town. Um, Do a lot of people move there from outside of the state, or is it mostly North Carolina people? There's a few people from out of town. It's kind of weird, like, it's got a reputation, but it doesn't really go that far.
0: Or maybe in, like, another ten years
1: it'll become, like, the next... Because everybody's looking for that next cool place to move to, right? Right, but no one, like, people there do not want that to happen. Like, Raleigh, Durham, and Asheville. Like, uh-huh. Asheville has, the word's gotten out about Asheville for years and years. And then Raleigh and Durham have kind of come into their own recently. Like, they kind of steal the spotlight. And they're so close that they just might continue to do that. And Carver might fly under the radar. Which is what I want. That's what it's everyone wants. Yeah. But.
0: It's a smaller city, though, right? It's not. Like, what size would it be,
1: like, compared to, like, another... Like, Harbrook? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's only, like, 11,000 people there. Like, it's tiny. I mean, I... So, there's two main streets, and my apartment is less than a mile from downtown. Like, I can walk... It's, so, like, all those places I talk about, like, the arcade and... Yeah. Uh, like, the Kaaba place and the coffee. Like, I can walk to all of those places. Man, that'd be
0: so cool to be able to walk. I mean, it's like, it's
1: like a 15-minute walk to downtown. It's like a 20-minute walk to the arcade. I mean, if you have a bike, it's even better. Like, if you have a bike, you can get anywhere pretty much instantly. Yeah, you don't have to drive at all. I mean, you can. So, so Chapel Hill Chapel Hill and Carborough basically touch, and you can walk between them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, it's like they're literally, like, there's no distance between them. Like, one starts and then the other one or one stops and the other one starts right there. Um but they're also very different like Chapel Hill is the college town and Carborough does not like Chapel Hill because of that because it's like a very different vibe it's like the college kids you know
0: uh-huh how recently has had Carborough like blown up before you moved out there is it mostly just because of all the creative people that are moving there for like but there's like companies there right like uh
1: there's not really many companies there it's like ma- it like the whole town is full of service industry people and it's mainly I feel like a lot of it doesn't make sense. Like, I don't get how a lot of people end up there. Right. But it mainly seems like it's it's people who went to UNC and then just dropped out and they moved to Carborough and they just started working in a restaurant and then that's just what they did.
0: Yeah, you, you just fall into it and you're comfortable enough there. I mean, it sounds like a city that you love, that you wouldn't have cared. I mean, them. there's like
1: constantly awesome stuff happening there. I mean, it's really fun. Um, and then...
0: I mean, there's it's a really good
1: place. Like, it's got a really good music scene. There's a lot of, like... Like, pretty much everyone I know there does some artistic hobby. Like, it's either comedy, music, art. Uh, and, I mean, like, literally everyone is involved in something. Like, I know a guy who makes comics. Uh-huh. I know a lot of musicians, you know, comedians. Um, I know a few photographers. Um, yeah, I mean, there's no one that's just, like, there... Um, Does the place just kind of inspire, like, do you think it's because there's
0: all these creative people that everybody wants to be creative, like, all the creative people flock there? or is it? Oh, absolutely. Or is there something creative about the city in the first place, there's just some places that just inspire you?
1: Yeah, it's, it's just got that kind of energy there, and yeah, like, now there's a bunch of cool stuff popping up, like, in the past couple of years, there's that arcade. Yeah. They and got, like, a lot of old games and stuff? So there's four arcades in the triangle. There's two in Raleigh, one's in Durham, and the last one is in Carrow. We got um,
0: zero of them in
1: Milwaukee. Nothing. You don't have any barcades here? I don't think so. Do you, do well, I mean, there's them? a
0: couple places that have, like, sweet pinball
1: machines and stuff. No, like, these are, like, straight-up arcades. But yeah. The ones in Raleigh have a lot of newer games, like... They still make arcade games? They still Somebody
0: probably still makes them, I guess.
1: Well, actually, there's a new pinball machine at the arcade in Chapel Hill. There's, like, a 30th anniversary Ghostbusters pinball they just got, and it's, like, it's it, awesome. Like, the artwork is amazing. Yeah. Like, it's really responsive. It looks really cool.
0: I saw a pretty new uh, Game of Thrones one the other day that was kind of cool. Yeah, they've got
1: that one, too. Um, but yeah, like, the one in Chapel Hill it specializes in, like, 80s games. Like, nice. everything is a quarter. Except for pinball. For, they said that pinball, they can't... Like the way it's programmed, it has it has to be fifty cents or a dollar. Weird. Like the newer ones are a dollar. Huh. Um, but other than that, like every game is twenty five cents. They've got nothing but like classic arcade yeah. games. They have Mario Brothers, Donkey Kong. They got Tempest a few days ago. Um
0: one of my favorites is that Tron one.
1: Yeah, they have Tron For the disc throwing thing. Yeah, they've got that one. They've got um they've got a Play Choice Ten. Nice. Which is the old Nintendo arcade with the ten NES games.
0: Oh, cool, man! That's awesome.
1: So like, yeah, like that was what I played every day for a while. I'd go there and put a dollar twenty five and then play Contra, and then I got really good at Contra. Yeah,
0: beat it without dying at all.
1: Right? I, yeah, but it's just like yeah, I would beat it without dying, and then I would, and then I switched to Mario, and then it's got Ninja Gaiden too, but Ninja Gaiden is. Too... I've got that
0: game totally memorized all the way through. Ninja Gaiden? Yep, got all the timing down. I could beat it.
1: Just one run through, just straight through. Dude, maybe that should be my next game. Like, Ninja Game is always... Speaking of that dark energy, it's always just been, like... I mean, it's one of the hardest games I've ever played. Yeah. So it just seems like, oh...
0: I think the second and third one have actually been harder than the first one. Really? Because they add, like, different... They have, like, a wind element when you jump. that Like, randomly, wind will push you. Oh, that's right. Like, in the first one, everything is totally set. Like, you don't... There's no... X factors or like random factors.
1: Right. Sweet. Oh, there's another game. They have a Punch Out on the Play Choice Ten, and there was an article that came out a few weeks ago about someone who discovered a new Easter egg in Punch Out.
0: Really? Just now? That's so cool.
1: Yeah, and it's like yeah, you know, like almost thirty years after it came out. And evidently, the programmers, when it was discovered, they came out and said that there's like a whole bunch of other ones that haven't been discovered yet either. Cool. But yeah, there's like. There's three circuits in that game. There's the minor circuit, the major circuit, and then the world circuit is the hardest one. Yeah. At the end of the world circuit, you fight Mike Tyson. Or Mr. Dream.
0: Which or, is Mr., yeah, same or Mr. Exact Mr.
1: Dream. Thing. Um, but yeah, in the world circuit, you fight these two guys, and you can do a one-hit knockout punch. There's a little guy in the front row who will duck, When you need to throw the punch, like, it'll basically give away the timing, and that was the Easter egg. And somehow, no one discovered that for almost 30 years.
0: Yeah, maybe somebody had done it on accident or something, but... It's so easy now, because you can record the gameplay, right? And then you can watch back and be like, okay, what happened when I had that one-hit knockout? Well, the guy who
1: recorded it, he basically, like, experimented with it and discovered that it only ever shows up in those fights where you can throw that punch. And then there's other Easter eggs, like in the easier circuits, where you can throw a knockout punch, I think. Mm-hmm. If you're fighting Bald Bull, because he's in the World Circuit. It's too, a one-hit right? knockout, though? Yeah, he does this thing where he'll back up and do this punch that will knock you out in one hit, but if you punch him right before he punches you, you'll knock him out in one hit.
0: Yeah, but he'll stay down? It's like a not-
1: No, he'll get back up, but it's like if you do three knockouts in one round. Yeah, TKO. Yeah, TKO. Um, Beyond yeah, the harder circuit, that guy will put in the easier one, this camera will flash uh-huh. off to the side somewhere. So, yeah, there's like a bunch of weird Easter eggs, but they're like totally legit. But yeah, like... It's one of those games where, for some reason, it, they've just never been able to duplicate
0: that again. Yeah. You, you thought it would just, like a lot of these games, people just steal whatever the engine is, like Castlevania or like Metroid. Like, you just take these games and just copy it completely and just run with it. Right. There's been so many knockoffs of Super Punch Out, but like none of them have worked.
1: Right, well, I mean, it's like it's such a simple but fun game, which is kind of it's kind of remarkable just from like a design standpoint. But yeah, I mean, like that are all the other arcades in the triangle. They usually have a lot of newer games, but this one only focuses on older games, and then they also screen a bunch of movies all the time. Yeah, um, like they had Alien Day in April, which was pretty fun. Um, I saw you had some fundraiser to get some guy a gold tooth or something. Oh yeah, there was. Yeah, so there's a guy that's been living there for, I think, a long time. Most people know him. I don't really know this guy, but there was, yeah, they showed, um, what movie was it, Smokey and the Bandit or something? Nice. And, uh, or what, was that it? It was some weird, was like some old movie like that, but yeah, they made t-shirts and everything. It was like a fundraiser to get this guy in cold too.
0: Just by picking this random movie?
1: Yeah, but it's like like it's a really cool place to live. Like it's very it's got a very strong community feel like everyone kind of knows each other, but it's very like progressive, very liberal. There's a lot of awesome coffee shops, a lot of awesome restaurants, a lot of awesome bars, like a lot of awesome events all through every every day throughout the week there's always stuff going on. Like there's karaoke, open mics, music open mics, comedy open mics, dance uh. parties. Movie screenings.
0: All within Walking Distance, basically? Yeah, all
1: within Walking Distance. Like, every Sunday at the arcade, they show Game of Thrones. They were doing Walking Dead. Now they're doing Game of Thrones. Like, there's just always stuff to do out there. And then there's, like, Durham's really kind of blown up in the past five years. So there's, like, even more stuff. There's actually a music festival happening there on the 19th. Moke Fest is in Durham now. That wasn't, it's like this big... He was like focused on old synthesizer technology and musicians like that, and it wasn't New York. And then it moved to Asheville, and now it's in Durham. Um, and yeah, there's just like always stuff to do. It's a really awesome place. Um, yeah, where where are we going? We from? were going with
0: the travel. We got we we're getting into your traveling. Your uh, oh, that's right. Your road trip.
1: So that yeah, that's where I'm from. Um, How
0: did that all come together, anyway? Because I know you always wanted to do this. Ro- you just wanted to drive through all all fifty states. Is it?
1: Well, it's kind of a crazy story, so I moved out to a car because I got a job at Insomniac Games, which is the studio that made uh, Ratchet. Spyro, Ratchet & Clank, all those games, um, and it was like 15 minutes from my apartment. There's a lot of game studios in Raleigh-Durham too, there's Epic Games, the guys who made Gears of War, there's Red Storm, which is where I'm about to start working, they make like... Division of Ubisoft? Yeah, it's part of Ubisoft. They made the division. They made a few other games too. all um, oh, the Assassin's Creed and stuff. Yeah. Imanji Studios is there. They made Temple Run. Um Boss Key, which is this new studio started by Cliff Blazenski. Oh, Cliff? Yeah, he yeah, he lives in Raleigh. He was the guy that designed Gears of War. Yeah. And he left Epic and started his own studio and that's in downtown Raleigh.
0: I remember uh, Jazz Jackrabbit, the first one that he made, he made like a shareware game on Windows. Oh, that's right. It was yeah. pretty awesome. Side scroller.
1: Really? I never played it, but I heard good things. It
0: still, yeah, it stands up. A lot of 2D side scrollers still stand up this, to this day, really. like You really? can go back and play like Genesis. Anything on like Super Nintendo or Genesis, like some, a good platformer. Oh yeah, absolutely. Just like Timeless, if, if it's a good platformer. Right. Like the old Duke Nukem's and stuff, those are awesome. Yeah,
1: those are really fun. Um, there's one other studio I feel like I'm missing that's pretty big out there um i mean like Redstorm and epic are the two biggest ones and yeah insomniac imanji boss Key. oh funcom is out there too they i've heard of them i can't remember what they've made though i think they make i don't know but yeah those are most of the studios out there yeah there's a good handful and then there's a bunch of small indie studios too like have you ever heard of the indie game saturday morning rpg yeah Yeah, that studio is in Cary, which is right outside of Raleigh. Um, Actually, there's a really sweet anime convention at the end of May every year there, and the guy that owns that studio, Mm -hmm. he's the one that put Mother 3 on the cartridge. Oh, okay. Yeah, he has like a bunch of old... RPGs that were never released in America. There's a lot of good square ones that weren't released here. Yeah, like, he takes those ROMs and then puts the translation and then puts them on the cartridge, and then that guy who runs that studio has a booth at the convention, and he sells these games, and it's awesome.
0: Yeah, saw a bunch of those uh, a couple weeks ago at the Midwest Gaming Classic. Nice. People that are... But they were trying to sell them for, like, way too expensive for something that was clearly, like, ported onto a...
1: Yeah, like, I bought a... I bought, um... Fire Emblem... For Super Nintendo, which is supposed to be awesome. Yeah. But the translation was total garbage. So you couldn't even do it? Yeah, like, I well, I mean, I'm sure I could do it, but it was like I couldn't really get into it because the translation was so distractingly bad. Yeah. Um, and then I also got that game Live-A-Live, that awesome RPG. Or is it like, live Alive? I don't know. Or live Alive. I think it's like, <laughs> I feel like that's some, like, crazy mistranslation shit right there. Because it doesn't right? make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. Should have been, like, live a life or something. Right? I think that's what it was supposed to be, because you that's, like, pretty much what you do in the game. Yeah,
0: like Saga Frontier, where you just have all these different characters that you play different short <laughs> storylines with.
1: Yeah, they have that, and then there's an amazing translation on the internet for that game, but that wasn't the one on the cartridge. It was uh, this really shitty one.
0: I remember doing that with anime back in the day. I bought, like, a box set that had, like, the worst translation ever. It yeah, really it's like, terrible.
1: Like, you can't get into it if it's really bad. Yeah. But anyway get back on topic. So yeah, I got this job in Insomniac and then there was this guy that I was friends with and he... So anytime... So the first day I started my job there, they basically told me all the games they were making and I wrote down a bunch of notes for like things that I thought would be cool to put in the game. Uh, and then I took that home with me and I put, this... put that in this folder that they give us.
0: Oh nice, you're talking about this. Cool.
1: Yeah, and then I had this friend that came over And he, basically, he found that folder and he started going through it. Because he was like, oh, this is like Insomniac, what's in here? And he saw these notes I wrote, and some of the stuff on there was stuff he should not have known. Right. And then I started seeing this one girl named Christine, who... Shout out to Christine. Yeah, shout out to Christine. um, (laughs) Who... And I didn't know this at the time, but evidently this guy, his name is Max, he had been seeing her a few months before, and she just kind of, like, dumped him on the off the back because he's kind of crazy, as we'll soon find out. Yeah. But like basically, I started dating this girl, and he got really pissed off about it, and then he emailed Insomniac and was like, hey, this guy told me all this stuff, and then basically lost my job over that, and so... Started applying to a bunch of other jobs. I applied to Red Storm, which is another studio in the area, and they just gave me a job. So, I'm, but it took like two, three months for them to get back to you. Is that a long process? No, it took, like I didn't apply there until like the end of April or something. Oh, right. like, I kind of sat on my hands for a while because I was like, "Oh my god, shit sucks." Yeah. Um. But yeah, so I'm like, I'm going back to the industry, and they're actually paying me more than Insomniac, which is awesome. I'm not as into the games, but I mean, they've got some really awesome perks there, which is cool.
0: It's a bigger studio, too. you might have different opportunities to work on like
1: yeah, exactly, like they did they work on Far Cry, they're doing the division now, like they've worked on a lot of cool stuff, uh-huh. um but anyway, yeah, so I'm going on this trip because right before I left Insomniac, I got an email on LinkedIn from a recruiter from Uber. The ride-sharing app, uh-huh. and then but that was to like design design
0: design the app for them or like work on logistics and that kind of thing or.
1: So basically, they depend on Google Maps to operate. Google Maps or Apple Maps, and you know, in their mind, it's like, oh, if something ever happened to Google, you know, as unlikely as that is, right, we're out of business.
0: Well, what about Waze? But that's basically Google too, right? The other. Yeah, they, they're owned by Google now. This is basically the exact same thing.
1: Right. Well, basically, like, they're thinking is we need to develop our own maps so we don't have to depend on Google anymore. Oh, I see. Which is, I mean, totally true, you know, because, like, so they don't have to keep paying them for licensing out their technology and like, you know, if anything ever happened to them or Apple, you know, they'd be out of business.
0: Right, but it's one of those things where it's like, micro, like they can never come up with another decent word uh, processing program for so many years, like with Microsoft Word. There's never really an rival to that until I guess Google Right. Like, Google Docs, but right. how, how hard is it going to be to, you know, duplicate like a Google Maps kind of program or make something that's as good as that?
1: Well, I think they're like definitely going to tailor it a lot more towards like, ride-sharing and things like that. Like, they just wanted to have their technolo- their own maps technology. Yeah. And that's basically what the job is. It's to work on that and then to build some of it graphically using some... Um, Satellite images and stuff, Or Well, that, but, like, as far as programming goes, like, graphical libraries, like, OpenGL, stuff like that. Um, See, so yeah, I had a phone interview with them two Thursdays ago, and I passed that, and then... Now they want to interview me in San Francisco, and so...
0: Oh, here we go. This is where it starts.
1: Yeah, so I was originally going to go on this big road trip in December, but kind of ran out of money because of the holidays and couldn't do it, and, and it's cold. Like, that would have been a bad
0: time to come through the Midwest. Yeah, it sure. would have been re- Like, I was
1: going to go to Minnesota, and that would have sucked. Yeah, negative 20-something. Yeah, in, like, in December. Right. Wouldn't even want to pump gas. Yeah, like... Yeah, I'm kind of gl- like, just thinking about it, like, driving through Iowa and then North Dakota to come, like, just how terrible Iowa was to drive through, and, like, this would be, like, Iowa was kind of chilly, too. Oh, yeah. Normally, dude, I would hate to be here in December. I wouldn't,
0: I don't have, the first thing I know about Iowa, like, everybody who's ever been to Wisconsin thinks of, like, beer and cheese, but what do you got in Iowa, like, Corn, it's like your second corn state after Idaho, or that's potatoes.
1: Dude, I think it's like nothing but corn in Iowa. Oh, Nebraska, that's the corn one too. Yeah, Nebraska, like the part Western Missouri. There's a lot of farms out there too, Kansas. Yeah, I saw so many corn silos, man. But basically, yeah. So I have this interview at Uber in San Francisco. It's on Thursday, and they were gonna fly me out, and I was like, "Well, I well was what day gonna-
0: is it today? It's Friday, the week before. So you got." Six days to make it. Yeah, to... I have six days
1: to make it to San Francisco. From Milwaukee. Wisconsin. Yeah. But yeah, so... um Yeah, I was like, yeah, you know, I'm not working, and they want me to come out there, and I was like, they're going to pay for my flight. So I'm like, hey, why don't you just pay for my gas, and I'll drive out there, and then my trip is back on. So now here I am. Did you explain the trip to them? Yeah, ask? so... Alright, so last June... I drove to Michigan, so I went through Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, and then Michigan. And then and then going back, I went through New York, Pennsylvania, Maryland, um, all the way back down. And then last fall, I drove up to New England, so I went through you know, Virginia, Maryland, Delaware, New Jersey, New York, Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, Maine, Vermont, and New Hampshire. Jesus and so basically, like, that whole northeastern corner of this country, mm-hmm. I've been to within the past year. So this trip, I'm getting everything else in the mainland. Even the shitty states that are... Even the shitty states, which <laughs> thankfully are out of the way. They're alienating people, right now, though. <laughs> I mean, how many people from Kansas are going to listen to how this How many stuff? people... From- Do they even have <laughs> computers in Kansas? Do they even... Yeah... Do they even have phones in Kansas? Did they figure out how to use iTunes in Kansas? Is there
0: anybody who's under
1: 40 that lives in Kansas? Is there anyone in Kansas? <laughs> Haven't met anybody. <laughs> but yeah, like, so... Yeah, I left Carborough and went straight to Asheville, which is four hours west in the mountains, and Asheville Asheville rolls. It's a really cool town. It's awesome. It's like... A lot of weird ghost stuff there, right? Just a lot of weird everything. Uh-huh. Um... Yeah, just a very unique town. It's like it's easily the coolest place in the mountains, like in the. It's kind of a.
0: It's kind of like a good. Well kept secret
1: too, right? There's not... Not anymore. Not anymore, like, anymore. Asheville's kind of blown up. Like, oh, okay. People, everyone, like whenever when I was living in New York, and I would tell people I was from North Carolina, they'd be like, "Oh, were you from Asheville?" Oh okay, it's and like it's the first like, thing people think of when they think of North Carolina, or... Yeah, I mean it's not even a big city. It's like the eighth or ninth biggest city. Like it's tiny. It's bigger than Carborough, but um, it's tiny.
0: North Carolina's pretty big, right? It's the size of that sound like I don't know anything.
1: It's North Carolina is now the ninth most populous state. There's more people in North Carolina than in Michigan. Oh okay. Um yeah there's a handful of big cities in North Carolina. Charlotte's the biggest one, but Charlotte sucks. Um <laughs> it's like you're so opinionated about it. Well it like I mean everyone thinks Charlotte unless you're in Charlotte, North Carolina people think Charlotte sucks. I mean it's a big city. There's some cool parts, but it's like a bunch of banks and bullshit. Fuck Charlotte. Yeah. I mean, like the triangle is where it's at in North Carolina and Asheville. So like Raleigh's pretty big. I think the Raleigh metro area actually has more people than Milwaukee now.
0: I believe it. Yeah, I mean there's I a don't lot think that many people I don't think our, our population's growing here in Milwaukee. it's probably pretty static.
1: Yeah, ours is, like, booming. Like, I think the metro area, it's, like, it's definitely over a million. It might be, like, two million now. But yeah, that's a lot. Um, then there's Greensboro. That's the third biggest city, that. kinda <laughs> and that's... Greensboro kind of sucks. Why oh. does it suck, though? What, what, what's wrong with Greensboro? It's just, like, super redneck. Oh, okay. Yeah, you probably got
0: a lot of that out there,
1: huh? Yeah, and the whole eastern half of the state is, like, super ghetto and redneck. Um, but you've got some really cool beach towns. Wilmington is the big beach town. Then you've got the Outer Banks, which are awesome. And then in the mountains, you've got uh, Asheville and Boone, which are both like... I just love mountain, mountain towns. Yeah, they're, but they're both like super like progressive, like liberal. It seems Canadian. like that's how
0: mountain towns usually are. I
1: like out in... Uh, Cal- well, what's, what's weird is that like it's only like that in North Carolina, though. Like if you go up to Virginia... There's Roanoke, and Roanoke kind of sucks. <laughs> and, like, West Virginia is nothing but mountain towns, and West Virginia is, like, ghetto as fuck. Yeah. And then Knoxville, Tennessee. The ones in Tennessee are kind of cool. Like, there's some cool stuff in Knoxville. That's where the University of Tennessee is. And then um, there's some cool stuff in Johnson City, Tennessee, which was actually my first stop on this trip. Um, Nashville's all right. Yeah, Nashville's pretty awesome. There's a, The music know, scene's pretty cool. Yeah, obviously there's a really, like, music city, you know, there's a big music scene, but there's also a lot of really cool neighborhoods. Um,
0: country music's coming back, man. Did it ever go away? I don't know.
1: What, what, it depends, what kind of country music? Well, I think you're
0: get, they're getting back into, like, a lot of real, there's been, like, this uh, uh, reaction to all the overproduced, synthesized music, where there's more people who are playing, like, actual instruments again now. Uh, oh yeah like, like in Nashville like you get a lot of like uh folk stuff and like bluegrass and like.
1: yeah there's definitely a lot of that there's a lot of that in carborough too and in North Carolina in general like there's a lot of a lot of folk a lot of bluegrass
0: I feel like that was a, that was always cooler with like older people but now I think younger generations are kind of getting into it again
1: yeah I mean there's like some really good stuff out there like I if I find something I like I get really into that sort of music like I'm kind of glad that it's coming back honestly I feel like that's one of the hardest genres to do right because it's like if you have like a produced song with a bunch of layers like you can like you can apply some science to it you can like get the kind of notes that you want to that will like the hook yeah you yeah. know like you can engineer that but if you're just doing like folk music just sing your songwriter i feel like it's way harder to do that right like you actually have to know how to play and like sing and write a song
0: right and you got to get it, you got to nail it when you do it right like you gotta you're gonna have to do a million takes on it right i, I know this is trying as, as anybody who tries to record songs knows you know you, it's got to be perfect
1: right but yeah i've been actually listening to a good bit of that on this trip um yeah there's like there's some really good stuff that's coming out recently i was listening to have you ever heard of the tallest man on earth yeah yeah He's from,
0: yeah. he's from, like, uh, Scandinavia or something?
1: Yeah, he's from Sweden, but he's got some incredible albums. For sure, yeah, I had his first one. Uh, Shallow Grave?
0: I think that's right. Yeah, he kind of sounds like Bob Dylan a little bit. But yeah. Yeah, he's really he's good. Really amazing guitar player, though. Yeah, he's
1: yeah, he's something else. But, yeah, he's really... There's actually a lot of awesome music coming out of Sweden, but, yeah, he's really good. Um, yeah, it's, like, good music to listen to driving through cornfields. All right, all right. Um, your soundtrack for your road trip right but anyway yeah so I left Carboro, then I was at Asheville and then I went up into Tennessee I stayed the night in this town called Greenville which is southwest of Johnson City which is like the northeastern corner of the state then I drove to Nashville um, then I drove to Louisville Kentucky which is another awesome city another very underrated place there's a lot of cool things there I stay with a family in Louisville that runs a vintage clothing store, and... How do you meet them? Use Airbnb. A, okay, yeah. That's a great one. Yeah, and the husband was a music, is a musician, and the wife is a hat maker. Nice. And, yeah, they just run this really cool vintage clothing store in Louisville, and they have a two-year-old son named Maverick. Sweet. What a name. Yeah. Yeah, and they have their hat... Top Gun. All- yeah, <laughs> you know, they had a son named Maverick. They had another, they just had another baby too, I think named Marlowe. And then inside the house, there was all this like clown stuff everywhere, like a bunch of like really cool artwork and circus themed stuff. I mean, it was like really cool though. It was one of the coolest houses I've ever seen. It was like a bunch of mid century furniture. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, then I left there and then I drove pretty much straight to St. Louis, so through Indiana, Illinois, southern Illinois. Went to St. Louis and then I took Interstate 44, which goes to the southwest corner of Missouri. So this was like the day I was doing all the shitty states. So I dipped into Oklahoma, I dipped into Arkansas, and then. Drove did you just drive to- right through, or do you just stop anywhere other than like gas stations and stuff? Well, there's like a little corner, that bottom corner of Missouri. All those states kind of intersect. There's like Kansas. Oklahoma, Arkansas, and Missouri. Yeah. So I just kind of got o- Oklahoma and Arkansas out of the way, and then I started going north on, I think, Interstate 49 towards Kansas City. And didn't make it all the way there, but I stayed the night in this hotel right outside of town. I um, can't remember the name of the town. It was like, oh, I think it was Butler, Butler, Missouri. Oh, dude, I got to tell the tornado story. Oh, yeah, it's the tornado story. I can't believe I missed that. So, yeah, when I was going southwest on Interstate 44, I was in a town called Bourbon. And, Bourbon? Yeah, Bourbon, Missouri. Sweet. And it started raining really hard. And I was on the phone at the time with Christine. Oh, uh, hey, Christine. Yeah, hey, Christine. What's up? <laughs> and then it started hailing. And I, I hung up the phone and I was like, yo, I gotta call you back. This is really bad. So it started hailing the worst I've ever seen it hail. I mean, we get hail sometimes in... Like but it's th- coming down like i mean it was like penny sized and evidently in some parts it was like grapefruit sized which is ridiculous that to is me. The yeah um yeah i've never seen it hay like this before and like i was on the interstate doing like 70 i was like there weren't any puddles and i was hydro planning on the interstate so i like slowed down i tried to go into this underpass but it was already full of other cars so i got off the exit, he was exit 181 or 182 in Bourbon, Missouri, and tried to go under the awning at the gas pumps, but all those were taken too. So I just dipped into this car wash to wait out the hail. Um, so I do, and I'm like texting people, I'm like, oh shit, this is crazy. And then it looks like it's calmed down a little bit. So I start to leave and back out, and then it picks back up. So I go back in. And then next thing I know, this woman comes up to me, and she goes, there's a tornado warning. We have to take shelter in the gas station. And, like, I get out of my car, and, like, I hear it whistling outside, and it's dark as shit off in the distance. And I'm like, oh, this doesn't look good. So I go in. I approach the gas station. They're, like, yelling at me to run inside and get into the bathrooms. And I'm like, oh, damn, this is serious. <laughs> so I'm just hanging out in this Gas station bathroom with like twenty other people in the middle of nowhere in Missouri, and like they're like the manager of the store. He like won't let anyone leave. Like like it's been, like there were four confirmed sightings of tornadoes around there, um, and like yeah, there were times where we all had to go into the bathroom. Like a lot of us were in the hallway outside of the bathroom, but we all had to go in the bathroom, and then.
0: You don't know those like, tiny little bathrooms, like a yeah, convenience store bathroom, right? It's really dirty and disgusting, and it actually wasn't that
1: bad. Um, I just yeah, hate
0: using gas station bathrooms.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've seen really bad ones, but it wasn't that bad. And then, yeah, there are like periods of time where it stopped raining, which evidently is like a really bad thing if there's a tornado. Yeah, so that basically means it's like right there.
0: had a stormer. You're right in the middle of it.
1: Right, but um, yeah, I was there for a good hour. And then they lifted the warning and they said everyone could go, but before everyone left, they offered everyone a free soda, a free coffee. Cool. Um, and like my back, it kills me when I'm in the car for very long. Like I think, honestly, I think I might need a neck pillow or something because my back will start hurting really bad. Yeah. Um, because it's like, it's really hard to have good posture while you're driving. I just don't think it's a
0: natural thing for anybody to be, like, in a car for that long.
1: Right. And so it was like really good for me to like be on my feet for an hour because it got rid of my back pains. You can do some cruise control though. Yeah. Then you can sit however you want. Yeah, I like, I adjusted my seat and I'm hoping it'll make a difference when I leave Wisconsin. But yeah, so they gave everyone a free soda and a free coffee. Um, so I got a coffee and then I ended up meeting this guy who was around my age from Oklahoma he was driving to Baltimore to see his brother graduate, and so we talked for, like, 30 minutes, and I told him a bunch of cool places he should stop at on the way there and back. But, yeah, then I left the gas station, finally, and drove. Yeah, basically got all the shitties, like, Oklahoma Arkansas, and then I started going north on 49, stayed the night in Butler in this tiny little hotel. And then yesterday... Um, And Butler's about an hour south of Kansas City, so I drove into Kansas City Drove into Kansas saw that and the Kansas side of Kansas City is actually really nice Um, It's in a town called Overland Park, and yeah, like a lot of really nice houses there Um, Kansas City actually seemed kind of cool in certain ways Yeah, I stopped on the Missouri side and got some barbecue at this place called There's the bag Jack Jack, Stack Barbecue. Barbecue. It's really good. Um,
0: Highest rated barbecue in the country,
1: according I, to Zagat.
0: I don't know if I'd go that far, but it's good. We got a really good one here in Milwaukee called Speed Queen. If you're looking for more barbecue.
1: I mean, like being from North Carolina, I'm kind of biased towards. Yeah. Our places, I really like the mom and pop places the best, and this was like more of like an upscale, like official Kansas City barbecue. Well,
0: maybe at one point they're mom and pop, but they did well enough that they could like upgrade and.
1: Yeah, probably. I mean, their their sauce was really good. An amazing sauce. Like, the meat was really good. I mean, if I'm like... I've had St. Louis ribs before, but if I'm in Kansas City, it's like, shit, I gotta try some yeah. barbecue there. So I got some barbecue, and then... Where did I go? I went north on... I think it was 49 still, to St. Joseph, Missouri, which is like a little shit town <laughs> in the northwest corner. There's just so many. There's just so many cities. Yeah, I mean it's like tiny though. Like, I th- like Missouri has a has their populations and all their signs. I think and it was like not even a hundred thousand people. It was I don't even think it was like thirty thousand people there.
0: Um, it's, it's crazy that some people live their entire lives in these tiny cities that like you just pass through for like an hour and you're like this place sucks.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like like St. Joseph was kind of ghetto and doesn't seem like much happens there. But yeah. So then... Like what's the best thing that ever came out of St. Joseph, right? Right. If you we were to try to look it up? It's it's right on the border of Kansas, so it's on the edge of the Missouri River, which separates Kansas from Missouri in that part of the state. So I drove into Kansas, and it was, like, desolate cornfields, boring as fuck, and then I drove north into Nebraska. I think it was on Kansas 7, and then I crossed the border. I was, like, in the southeastern most point in Nebraska and I crossed the border and there was like a sign there that was kind of cool. It was talking about how like the site, that place where I was at, that southeastern extreme point in Nebraska was the guy who surveyed it. The data he gathered basically set the standard for how they organized all of that land in Kansas, Nebraska, and like parts of Colorado. Back when they did land
0: surveys and everything? like. Yeah, like,
1: this guy who surveyed Kansas and Nebraska, like, that data was set the standard for, like, a lot of the West, and that's basically what that sign said. I took a picture of it.
0: Yeah, there's basically, there's a grid format that they used to found all, a lot of cities in Wisconsin, too, where you would, there'd be, like, a lake, and then next to that you have a schoolhouse, and then there's, like, a bank in a particular spot. Like, I think it was, like, 50 squares or something, basically, that they would plot out. Like, the, there would always be a lake yeah. in the center, and they planned out the rest of, uh, like, pretty much identical cities just all over the place.
1: Yeah, that's kind of what it said on there. It was like they would set up grids, and that's how they would just organize all the lands. Um, but that was kind of cool. And I was only in Nebraska for like thirty minutes. I basically just drove up to this town called R- Rulo. I don't know. So <laughs> it was like it was tiny. It was like three buildings. There wasn't shit there. And then yeah,
0: you should have stopped and investigated the whole city. <laughs> Why would you not stop and see all three buildings? <laughs> When in Why wouldn't I? Rolo, <laughs> I feel like for some reason that'd be something that would appeal to me. Is like I would want to grab some weird artifact or like souvenir or something. From I mean, some shady. You know, I, I was
1: like, dude, at that point, I was so tired of like lame states. I mean, it's like, I mean that when you're in that part of the country, if like you feel like you're in a different country, it's yeah. weird. It's like, like the people there just lead drastically different lives from people, like, in my part of the country or up here. Like, it's so weird to think about. It's, like...
0: A lot of the major cities, too, you have the more uh, uh, intellectual, like, open-minded, younger... Right. mobile people. Like, all the fringe cities. Pretty much everywhere in the world, it's, like, that, you know, you have, like, Nigeria. Like, that main center of Nigeria, whatever that is, It's becoming, like, a booming... Like, a movie... They have, like, their movie industry there, like, Nollywood. They've got, like, a bunch of, like, tech companies. It's starting to look like just a regular... Like a, a mega city, like Chicago or something. Right. Because people, more and more creative people keep flocking to it as it keeps getting bigger.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's weird though. It's like, yeah, it's just like people who farm corn, you know, it's like very simple but so different. It's right. It's like, all right, like it's like I would go there and talk to someone and there would be very little we could relate to. Right, right, It's just weird that there's like... like, you like
0: waking up early?
1: I wake up early. Sometimes...
0: <laughs> 5
1: a.m. When the rooster crows.
0: Right. And they're just... Do you think they would just say those kind of cliched things that you would expect them to say? Or are they very predictable?
1: I don't know, man.
0: Like... Because yeah, maybe there's this one guy who's like super hilarious it has been like a... Cornhusker Farmer his whole life that no one's ever going to discover.
1: I bet, like, yeah, I bet that they're, like, they're actually pretty cool. It's just me being, like, a judgmental asshole. That's a, well, you're going through it fast. You're, you got to go quick, right? Yeah, like, I, like, these are all just the same I got to Yeah. I just got to visit. But, yeah, then I left Nebraska and then went back into Missouri. Then I took 49 South, back to St. Joseph, and then I took, like, interst- or U.S. 36. Like, St. Joseph's in Missouri, right? Yeah.
0: Because I just looked up a list of famous people born in... Apparently, Eminem was born in St. Joseph. Are you serious? Yeah, and so was Walter Cronkite. What? Yep, that's what it's telling me. But it's on IMDb, so I don't know if it's totally correct, but I assume it
1: is. Dude, St. Joseph was, like, the shittiest place ever. Those are really only two... There's a lot of other people here, but nobody I've ever heard of. Those are, like, two big names, though. Like, St. Joseph's got it going down. Yeah, man.
0: Although, of course, both of them would have just got out of St. Joseph as quickly as they possibly could, right? Yeah. Move to <laughs> Detroit's better than St. Joseph. Is that
1: much better that you'd want to be there? I, I would definitely say so. Detroit's actually pretty awesome. You kind of yeah. love Detroit, though. Yeah, Detroit kind of rules. But yeah, then I went on, I think it was US 36. I went east and then got on I 35. Crossed into Iowa. I went to Des Moines. And then got on 80 east. Crossed back into Illinois. And then somewhere after the Illinois border, I think it was U.S. or I eighty-eight, maybe. That went northeast to Rockford, and then I went straight through Rockford and got a ninety, crossed the Wisconsin line, I think, and then I think I got on Interstate forty-three, and then that brought me right to Milwaukee. Yep, forty-three north. Yep, and now here I am. And that's it.
0: But this is only like the, a quarter of your. And you got to drive all the way back after you get up up there, right?
1: So after I leave, well, today I'm going to go to Chicago for a little bit because I've never been to Chicago. So I think that's 94. It's 94 South. I'm going to come back here and then maybe go to Madison uh, this evening and then come back. And then tomorrow I'm going to go to Minneapolis. Um, I might go to the Mississippi headwaters, but I'm undecided. But then I'm going to do... North Dakota, and I'm going to dip down into South Dakota. Um, and I think that's I-90. I'm going to get on I-90 in South <laughs> Dakota, and then go through. There's like it goes through a little part of chunk of Wyoming, so I'm going to hit Wyoming. then I'm going to hit Montana. Basically, take it all the way across Montana, and I'm going to stop in a town called Red Lodge because I did an outward bound trip in Montana ten years ago. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go to Red Lodge and basically get to revisit your revisit my memories. Yeah. Um, yeah, then I'm gonna take ninety, cross Idaho, into Washington, go all the way to Seattle, and spend a day in Seattle. Then I'm gonna drive south, spend a day in Portland, then drive south to San Francisco, um, do my interview on Thursday, and then from there I'm gonna drive into Nevada. When are you supposed to start working
0: for uh Redstorm? June sixth. So you got plenty of
1: time. Yeah, I got plenty of time. So I'm gonna go to Nevada, I'm gonna go south to Vegas, um, I'm gonna cross into Arizona, see the Grand Canyon. I might go to Phoenix and see my friend Alex. Do it. Um, and yeah, then I'm gonna go north into Utah because I've heard the desert there is really awesome. Utah's incredible.
0: Utah and Wyoming are just my favorite. Yeah, atmosphere. like I'm really. Ex-
1: I've seen a good chunk of Wyoming, but I'm really excited to go to Utah because I've never been there.
0: Salt Lake City's amazing.
1: Yeah, I think I might. I don't know if I'll go to Salt Lake City. I think I'm gonna go on the wet the east side through moab like all the weird rock places
0: it's just one of those states where they all the laws kind of make it unappealing like the liquor laws are just insane you can't buy any liquor that has like a any beer that has the alcohol content over like four or something like that oh damn so all you can get is like light beers and like but even then not a lot of places carry that stuff and they don't sell it on like sundays i don't remember what time they sell
1: yeah utah is like i think really conservative Um, yeah, then I'm going to go into Colorado, going to Denver, so that'll be cool. It'll be, Denver's pretty awesome, Denver and Boulder, so it'll be good to be back there. And then I'm going to go south into New Mexico, which I also hear really good things about. Um,
0: hold on, quick, uh, Utah liquor laws. They're not allowed to sell any alcohol or wine, or any, uh, liquor or wine at all. They don't sell any liquor or wine. What? Yep, and they can't sell, uh, beer higher than 3.2 alcohol by weight.
1: Damn. Isn't that just insane? There's something about Utah and porn, though. Like, Utah has the highest per capita porn consumption. That's because everybody's so repressed. Yeah. And we can't drink, so we have to jack off. <laughs>
0: like, you, you don't drink so you can watch porn, right? You know, like, I'm gonna get drunk and watch some porn tonight. Dude, Utah's so weird. It's just strange. The whole Mormon thing is just crazy, too.
1: Yeah. Yeah, then I'm, gonna, yeah I'm gonna do Utah, Colorado, South, and New Mexico. Then I'm gonna go into Texas. Um... I'm going to hit up Austin again because Austin rules, and then make my way south to New Orleans because New Orleans rules, and New Orleans is kind of the last stop.
0: This will be a good time of year to go to New Orleans, too. I remember oh, I, was, yeah. I was there one summer, and it was like 120 in the shade. It didn't matter whether you were oh, like- yeah, it's insanely
1: humid there. Like The heat is unreal in New Orleans. But yeah, after I leave New Orleans, I'm going <laughs> to basically cross through Mississippi, Alabama, I gotta go to Florida because I haven't been there in the past year, so I'm gonna hit the Panhandle and then Florida's like check out like the
0: Key West and like the Sunset Strip.
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. It's like a big freak show. Well, uh, I can't, well Key West. I mean, if I'm coming from the Panhandle, Key West is like thirteen hours, like maybe even longer than that. Like it's very far, from um, the western edge of Florida. But yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm um, gonna be in Florida, and then yeah, basically come back home, go through Georgia, South Carolina, back into North Carolina, to Colorado.
0: And that's it. Easy peasy. And
1: that's it. And yeah, I'll be getting back right at the end of May. I'm going to shoot for like May 22nd, May 23rd to get back. Because um, there's a festival happening called Jaws Fest, which is this like it's this big black party to kick off the summer that's going to be going on. Um, then there's also Carborough Prom. Carborough has a prom each year that's like, it's basically just a dance party, but you got to go and
0: like formally ask people and stuff and treat it like that. That's cool.
1: Yeah. There's like, yeah, so that's happening on the 28th. And then when I started an insomniac, that was at the tail end of that New England trip. And I literally drove from Vermont to Carborough in one day and started my job the next day. And that actually kind of sucked. Yeah. Like, and so when I get back, I'm actually going to have a couple of weeks to chill Um, Yeah, we can work on our game. We should talk games. Yeah, we should talk games. So So, yeah, we only got like ten minutes. Yeah, so I'm working on this RPG right now where it's kind of it's like a road trip RPG. It's kind of like this is kind of research. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's definitely gonna take place around the whole country. Well, we
0: both have like such a fondness for like Super Nintendo era RPGs. You got like like, Chrono Trigger,
1: Earthbound, Sanctuaries. Yeah, I mean, Justin and I—we've been talking about RPGs for like as long as we've known each other, basically. And to since, go... it's a messenger. Yeah, since the good old AIM days. Yeah. Steak veins. Steak veins. I think. Yeah, I had a lot of different names, but you were always Rusty
0: Five 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 Zero yeah, Five Five Zero. Yeah, Rusty
1: Five Fifty. <laughs> <laughs> <So laughs> you had like steak veins. What were the other ones?
0: Uh, I had King of Nails for a while. I,
1: Do think you... I
0: remember that one. The King of Nails. Um, uh, let's see. I don't. I can't even really remember anymore. Yeah, you had
1: steak veins for a long. Oh, I had time. doctor
0: something. I don't remember what it was. Oh like, yeah, doctor
1: smooth or something. No, it
0: was, it was, I think it was like doctor prescription, doctor prescription. I think it was.
1: I remember that one.
0: Which is stupid, but anyway, man, we don't you have enough
1: steak veins.
0: Steak veins was a good one. I've actually made a list with a friend of like the grossest things I could think of, and then <laughs> I think I was eating a steak and I noticed that there's like veins on it. And I was like, "How can I eat something that has veins going through it? This is disgusting."
1: Yeah, steak veins are gross. We uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Any like this
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah. So let's see. Super Nintendo. So yeah, you're doing some road trip uh research here. Yeah, just, just kind of
1: getting a feel for like the most awesome places. You know, places that would be interesting in the game, and then having like fantastical elements too, kind of like secret world, like people can use magic, that sort of thing. You always have that have magic in RPGs. Yeah, you so. gotta have magic. And, and like, battle systems. Yeah, and I really want to do, like, the tag system from Chrono Trigger, because that was really fun, and no one's really used that since then. And, yeah, like, Wait. two of us were kind of, like, brainstorming and writing it out. Um,
0: yeah, I kinda, I, the idea of, like, uh, I wonder what, like, a script should be like. It seems like you're kind of in, like, a when you're, when you're making a game that's an homage to a lot of older games, you're kind of, uh, let's see, what was I trying to say? I don't remember now. Uh, script. Yeah, this, your your script is sort of rep, referential, always referential to all these things in the past. Like you're gonna have to have just a lot of references to old games, so you have to expect that everybody who's playing it is also a big fan of the those kind of games. Because why would you play a two D RPG unless you like two D RPGs? Like it seems right. makes so much sense. Something for the fans, I guess.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think like in terms of writing it, it's kind of the same as an actual like screenplay, but then you have to add dialogue for all the NPCs and stuff like that. Right
0: um well as, as these 3d games and all like the triple a titles keep getting more and more like cinematic i feel like rpg's always told like a, a good story since the beginning
1: right i mean like my time in insomniac i definitely learned enough like i definitely learned how they organize games how they're managed you know it's mm-hmm. basically like like they had deadlines every month and you know it's artists, designers, and then programmers. There's like the three big disciplines that merge together to make the games. And so, and yeah, there's like design dogs. Like, I basically learned everything that I think I would need to know to be able to do something like that.
0: How easy would it be to do at like an old school 2D game compared to something that you would be programming now? Is it a lot simpler to like program for that sort of?
1: Yeah, well, a 3D game, you have to deal with models and animations with models. And, I mean, like, there were a lot of people that worked there, and that's all they did was make models. And then the programmers... Get them to look right and stuff. Yeah, but then, like, the programmers have to do things like make the transitions between different animations smooth. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that stuff is kind of boring, I think. So I I never actually got to mess around with that stuff that much. Like, I mainly did user interface stuff. Um, But, I mean, from a 2D standpoint... I mean it's kind of the same thing, you know, it's like mainly art, like it's more art than anything else. And then you know, in the Unreal engine or the Insomniac engine or Unity, all you're doing is just making stages. Like you have a character, you'll have like a script file that basically controls how you move. Um
0: Like through like C or something?
1: Right. Yeah, Unreal uses C plus Unreal is incredible too. Um and you can like script cutscenes, stuff like that. I mean, so it's like, it's really easy to do, but the main thing is like, the art is probably the biggest thing in that kind of game. Like, RPGs are pretty simple to program because mm-hmm. you're just like moving in four directions. You feel like. It's kind of the same thing over and over, just scales. Yeah, you'll just have like a map of like some area, you'll have like certain little boxes you'll put for places that should transition to other areas. which or you need to find, like, code.
0: keys to unlock, like, the next... Like, you do something and it changes the rest of the world around you.
1: Right, like, you'll have an inventory. I mean, all that stuff is really simple to set up in code. It's mainly just getting the art in there and then essentially hooking everything together. But, I mean, like, the art... I mean, there's so much art that goes into games. I mean, especially a 2D RPG. Like, you've got... I mean, if you think about Earthbound, I mean, someone had to make all of the... All of the towns, all of the insides of all the buildings. Right. Someone had to draw, like, Ness and the rest of the characters, all the other characters. Someone had to draw all of the uh, the transitions, like, the walk, the run, like, the bicycle, the idle.
0: And the mu- the music, too. The music cues for, like, every oh, yeah, the music,
1: Um Yeah, all the backdrops, which I still don't really know. Like, I was trying to figure out how they did the backdrops in Earthbound, because I wanted to add something similar, and, like... Because, I mean, like, if you were going to have some kind of dynamic environment like that in code, mm-hmm. the super there, there's no way it would have had the power to do that, like, update every pixel that fast. Yeah. So there's got to be... I was reading something about how they took, like, two composite images and then just, like, moved them around a little bit. It was really weird. Um, I need to do more research, but, like, the artists had to make that, too. They had to make those images. They had to make all the attack animations, like... It's like it's based. I would say it's more art than coding for sure. For an RPG, I mean, if you have something well, like a three D a... game with mm-hmm. like realistic physics and stuff like that, or like really cool lighting or right water, you know, that's going to be a lot of code, a lot of really complex code. But something two D like that, it's art more than anything.
0: Yeah, but uh, so you start out with you probably still want to get like a script or like an outline down before you do anything.
1: Oh, absolutely, and I think it's even easier, the coding nowadays, because back in the day, you know, you had such finite memory on these cartridges, you know, and a lot of the art would take up that space, and You can so, pretty much
0: Google something if you ever get stuck now,
1: too, right, or... Right, I mean, we have, like, the Unreal Engine now, and the documentation is amazing, you know, you can pretty much figure out, and there's, like, forums, too, I mean, you can go on and figure out a solution to pretty much anything that you want to solve. Or just ask somebody, guy. yeah. yeah. You yeah, just ask some random dude or, like... on yeah, the street. Yeah, just be like, yo, how do I... <laughs> how do I do animation state machines? <laughs> I mean, it'll be cool, like, when I start at Redstorm. I mean, I'll be doing more UI stuff, I mean... And they actually use Unity for some of those games. Um, you know, I'll get some exposure to some of the engines that I want to be working with, ultimately, so that's awesome, because um, I want to learn... I want to be able to work with that stuff in a professional environment, so it's cool to be getting that experience. then you
0: can just break up and do a studio.
1: Right, but I mean like the end game for me, even Insomniac, was to make my own games, like have my own studio. Right. I've kind of... I mean I wasn't there long, but I like saw enough, you know, I learned a lot of stuff to where I think I could actually go through with it if I... That's always been my dream, man. And I, I
0: guess RPGs appeal to me too, because I don't know any of this programming stuff, but so much of it's writing.
1: Yeah, so a lot of writing and a lot of art, um, and a lot of music, too, I should say that, too, but yeah, like, yeah, that, it's going to happen one of these days, one way or another, the Road Trip RPG. I mean, We're doing it. Like we said, it's always been a dream of ours. Yeah, it's my
0: biggest dream, always, to have a 2D RPG.
1: Yeah, it's like, and yeah, like, I feel like most studios nowadays, like, I or just in general, like, I can't... Like, I realize I'm never going to be truly happy unless I'm actually making stuff that I'm involved per- in.
0: And that you personally yeah, are
1: proud of or something. Or like, well. Yeah, I mean, like, Edge of Nowhere was cool, and the, the Division, I mean, it's okay. It's not a game I would ever play, I think, on my own, but...
0: Edge of Nowhere is a VR game on, uh...
1: Yeah, on the Oculus that comes out, I believe, June 6th, the fir- same day I started Red Storm. Really? Yeah. So do you right still right get, now, like,
0: a credit on there at all? Did you do
1: anything that's going to stay in there, or did they scrap everything? Oh no, I'll definitely get a credit, like I did all of the UI, I did the front end, I did most of the pause menu, the pause menu is like this journal that you open up, so I did a lot of that. Cool. Um, Hooked a lot of that up, yeah, my name will definitely be on that game, Um, but yeah, I mean like all those games were. I mean, all the stuff is fun to work on, but it's like, it's not something that I came up with. Right. And so, I really think like... So the boss kind of... Yeah, and I really think that's where gaming is going these days. Like, I think a lot of people are putting all their chips in VR, which I don't really... I don't really agree with either. Yeah, I just, like, a lot of the stuff for VR doesn't... It's kind of, like, the same thing with, like, when people would focus on graphics instead of gameplay, and the games would kind of suck, but they would look beautiful. It's kind of the same problem with VR. I feel like all the stuff that I like playing the most is, like, the indie games. So... Still the same here, like, Binding of Isaac or, like...
0: Yeah, I mean, it's and like, that's favorite. where you see all
1: the, like, the weird creative shit that's really fun. I mean, it's see like... See something new, yeah. Yeah. And so, like, that's always where I think my heart has been. That's kind of where I want to be. And so... Oh, man. yeah, I guess the ultimate goal is, like, like you were saying yesterday, like, build up that first area and then kickstart it and then hopefully it'll take off. So you guys
0: just watch for that. We're doing it, man. It'll happen.
1: Yeah, one of these days, we haven't decided on the title yet, but it's the Road Trip RPG. We could just call it the Road Trip RPG.
0: Yeah, there you go. Sounds pretty open-ended then. Yeah. I mean, if you look at a lot of popular RPGs now, like on apps or like ones that you see online, there's a lot of simpler titles like that. Because that's kind of also a throwback to older RPGs where everything was like a yeah, secret, of, secret of mana or something, or you know, final fantasy. Like, what does that actually mean? Right. Like, just a title you get so accustomed to hearing the name that it seems to make sense in your head, even though it kind of doesn't.
1: Yeah, just call it... What does the name in everything? Secret of Final Earthbound... Chrono Tr- Trigger <laughs> I don't know That sounds good Well I'll uh, figure
0: that out Names are the hardest thing to do But anyway Yeah I got. We gotta get going Yeah So uh, thanks for listening
1: Thanks for listening And yeah Be on the lookout For the Road Trip RPG For the Road
0: Trip RPG guys Coming that's... soon
1: to a console <laughs> video.
0: And that's it for me Justin Engelbart And my pal here Rusty John Legendary Sizemore himself That's right Good luck on the trip Maybe we'll do another one Before we leave Yeah that'd be awesome
1: Alright take care
0: Bye guys!